This episode is sponsored by Luminous Creative Agency. Headquartered in downtown Providence, Luminous works with businesses and organizations to enhance their marketing efforts by developing high-quality creative content, such as video, ad campaigns, design, branding, and more. You can learn more by visiting Luminous.agency. That's L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S dot agency. Welcome back to the Hey Rody Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha. Hi, guys. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, we are excited, but also kind of sad because this is our last official Who to Watch episode. But it's with the wonderful and very amazing, hardworking Adrian Gagnon from Down City Design. Yeah, it's kind of a last but not least situation, yeah. I think. Uh, this was a really cool conversation. Down City Design, um, I believe Sasha touched on it when we first started the episode, but it was something I knew the concept of but didn't really quite understand it mm-hmm. completely. Uh, and it's just really interesting, the, the work that they do. Uh, doing uh, building projects and special projects in areas uh, that are required by the community and for the community. A lot of it is through requests and people mm-hmm. that have a need for a, a certain uh, problem to be solved or a project to be done or what have you. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really, really interesting program mm-hmm. that I would have never known about otherwise. Yeah. And a big part of um, their work is using the community that is going to that they're going to use to build the space to get their feedback on what works best for them, which I think is awesome. So they're not only building beautiful spaces, they're also making them work for the people who live and use them, which I think is really important. Something that was really fun about the conversation is Nick got to talk about power tools, which I know he was really excited about. Um, I couldn't care less. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was, awesome. it was it was good. No, it was fun. Um, it was it was really interesting um, to hear their process and how they go about, um, you know, finding the spaces and and figuring out you know uh the people who get involved and the different tiers to all that um it was so interesting she does talk about a few specific projects that they have um which i was really excited to learn about because unlike nick i have no design background when it comes to like you know seeing a space designing a logo like any any sort of thing like that i've never done so it was really cool for me to get to hear all that and get to hear nick and adrian have those conversations because you both do design so i really loved it um it was uh educational for me Uh, design itself is kind of a uh conversation all on its own uh, and it's a little more all-encompassing um than a lot of people might think and there's certain skills that you uh learn which we talk about Mm. um through the education process when you're learning a design career or going into a design career that really uh kind of carry over to other things so it's one of those things that the program does really well is it fosters an environment for the young people involved to learn skills that help during the project, but also in pretty much any other form Mm. of work they may do down the road. So it was very interesting. Um, It's a really cool program. I think everybody's going to enjoy it. Uh, One last public service announcement (laughs) I have for today uh, is we do have one more um, kind of oddly scheduled uh, episode, which will be the Wednesday right after this one releases. And that will be with, I always mess up the last name. from Mark Hellendrung. He is the CEO of Narragansett, who also just so happens to be the sponsor of our Who to Watch party that's happening and was rescheduled to April 26th, which is a Tuesday. So getting to talk to Mark um, about his journey 
to get to Narragansett is really cool. And we figured it was a ru- it was the perfect way to round out these Who to Watch episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hopefully we see everybody on April 26th for that wonderful party. Keep an eye out for all of our advertisements. Um, and until then, uh, we hope that you've listened to the rest of these episodes. But most of all, we hope you enjoy this one. Yeah. Have fun, guys. Have fun. Yay! Adrian, thank you so much for being here. Um, You're part of our Who to Watch list, which is so exciting. I am very excited to talk to you. Um, Nick and I were chatting before we started recording, and I was saying, like, out of all the Who to Watch, I feel like Down City Design is the one that I'm I, I have no prior information about. Like, I've read about you. I've, I've seen you on social media, but I don't know, like, the depths behind it. So I'm so interested in you, yourself, your team, your story. So I guess I'll just start off with our most basic question is, who are you? Like, and thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks so much. And thanks for including me. I feel really honored. Yay. Um, yeah. So my name is Adrian Gagnon, and I'm uh, the co-founder and executive director of Down City Design. And we are a nonprofit community design studio based here in Providence. Um, we've been around since 2009. And our mission really broadly is to involve community members in shaping the public spaces that connect us. Mm, that's awesome. And are you a native Rhode Islander? I am, in fact, yes. I grew up in Rhode Island. I, I left for about 10 years to live in the Bay Area. Um, but of course, Rhode Island drew me back. So I've been living here um, um, since 2006. In Bay Area, meaning California, I'm assuming, not the East Bay, which... Oh, right. <laughs> which, so in our first ever podcast, we I admitted shamefully that I didn't actually know that like the East Bay was like an area with a name in our state. Like just... I was like, oh, yeah, that's Southern Rhode Island. But just in case anyone out there is like me and doesn't know the different Bay Area. <laughs> no, a little bit further. Yes, I was out in, in San Francisco and Berkeley, um, uh, kind of in my in my 20s and, and came back um, to get a graduate degree at RISD mm-hmm. and uh, settled down and founded Down City Design soon after. That's amazing. Um, what was the this is a two-part question. What made you leave Rhode Island to go to California? And then obviously I know you came back to go to school, but there's a plethora of design schools, I'm sure in California and on the West Coast. What brought you back here specifically for RISD? All right, well, so I guess I I left um, initially to pursue um, my dream of working uh, within museums as a curator of contemporary art. So I worked out for the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art and the UC Berkeley Art Museum. Um, for about 10 years. And uh, then I I started to feel like I wanted to get a little bit deeper into um, empowering people to use their own creativity for social change and um, was really interested in that time in my own creative practice uh, in printmaking and was um, interested in the idea of a a community print shop um, and came back to RISD because they had a really strong community arts program, um, a master's degree in community arts education. And of course, because everyone comes back to Providence yeah. eventually because it's the best place. Um, so it's been wonderful to be back here and put down roots and be be close to my family and uh, and build my family and my community here. Yeah. Um, so Down City Design, um, I know from reading, um, you use the community and their sort of interest in the places that you're building and you get their like feedback and you make sure it's 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 viable for that community. Is that kind of 
That's probably like the very layman's way to to say what you do. But. Yeah, that's all super important to us. Yes, and I'm you know a lot of our work has been with young people um, in these last twelve years. So we we offer free youth programs where teens um, from Providence and the, the metro area um, come to us after school, during the school day, or in the summer, and um, essentially they function as a design studio with a real community client. So we partner with municipal agencies like the Parks Department or the School Department. Um, or other nonprofits who have design challenges, they bring those to our our team of young designers, and um, and those young people work together over the course of a semester or a summer to actually design responses um, to those challenges. And then uh, uh, once they've got a, a solution that um, that the client feels really good about, uh, those young people those young people actually learn to use power tools and build their vision. Oh wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So not only are they getting to like work through design like specs and figure out like what's usable for a space, they then get to like actually do the the thing, like put their their what they did on paper, put it into planning. Just cool. That's exactly right. Yes, and I think that's the most satisfying part that their work has a tangible result that they're they're able to see that they can make a change within their communities, um, and they can they can point to that yeah. uh, that work with pride. And so we've worked on a lot of small scale installations, like creative play structures for parks or outdoor classrooms for schools. Um, and I think at this point we've created uh, over eighty seven built amenities wow. all around Providence. That's crazy. Um, do you have? I mean, I'm sure each project you've ever worked on has like a special place in your heart but is there one that like you always think about and you're like that is like uh, brings me the most joy or like has you have the most connection to so many actually I love <laughs> to to walk around um, uh, my neighborhood and other neighborhoods and, and visit revisit um, those projects like old friends um, there is one that's really special to me all of them are really special to yeah. me but I, I in the early days I co-taught a lot of the classes and um, we worked on a project for Rhode Island College um, they were building their beekeeping program there and wanted to bring groups of people to learn about the importance of honeybees to our ecosystem so well we worked with a group of teens who created this amazing structure that borrowed from the architecture of the bees themselves so oh, all wow. these cool kind of hexagonal honeycomb shapes and they created um, a really smart design that integrated storage and um, shade and seating and each seat was like a little hexagon with a fact about honeybees in its um, surface so oh, when cool. they were tucked away it was actually signage and educational signage and then when people came for a class they could pull out their little their own little um, hexagon and, and sit on it yeah that's, that's awesome cool. Um, as far as that, like, uh, I don't know if you can kind of walk through like the basics of like what that actual like project process is like. So, you know, if somebody does somebody come to you, it sounds like somebody comes to you and says like, Hey, we have this project that we're doing. Um, we're looking to design an aspect of it. That's kind of outside of our wheelhouse. Uh, here is our vision here's our uh budget and you guys just go from there the is there a lot of like kind of uh site visits and the group gets to talk to the people involved like kind of how does that stuff work great question and and really the process is what it's all about we like to say that um our work is more than anything about teaching people a, a process for problem solving and a framework um, that they can use when they're encountering challenges in their own work, um, in their in their life beyond school. Um, 
So the way that we approach the design process is just as you were seeing, a client comes to us usually with a just a challenge, right? Like um, uh, we need a, a safe place for kids to play in this park. Um, and here are all the different goals and constraints of that project, including things like budget. Um, and we tend to uh, try to bring raise the funding for the project so that our community partners don't have to um, contribute um, in, unless they're able. Uh, and then we start by exploring that challenge in detail. So as you were saying, young people visit the site, they kind of observe it, they interview their clients, um, they gather as much information as they can, um, including you know, research. And then they start to brainstorm, they imagine new possibilities, um, they sketch, they model, and then they share those emerging ideas with their client for feedback. They use that feedback to go back to the drawing board and, and strengthen their design. Um, and that's actually a part that I think is really critical, that idea of, um, you know, not just doing something once and calling it done, but getting feedback and strengthening your idea based on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, and then, like I said, once they're um, at a place where everybody feels good about the design, then they learn to to make it make it real. Do they get involved in like... Um... Because I'm kind of in the weeds here, but I, I like to, I like to build stuff too, so I, I kind of so, interested. Um, Nick is very excited. So about that. the do they get right involved on. in like uh, so they're doing the design stuff, uh, and then they are also involved in the application and building of it. Do they get involved in things like material sourcing and like uh, you know say they have an idea and they want to do these hexagonal structures that hang from point A, uh, but the only way to do it is to keep it under a certain poundage. And the only way to keep it under that poundage is to do polyurethane or something versus wood. Like, do they have to get into that nitty gritty of it as well? Yeah, they do. And they definitely do some research. Um, they do partner really closely with our design educators who are trained designers, um, you know, who can help offer a lot of guidance um, and answer their questions along the way, or, um, you know, point them towards resources where they might find the answers. Uh, and we do also have some wonderful structural engineers who volunteer with us. So when we have to get into things like, you know, making sure um, we've got the right foundations for an overhead structure, we've got, you know, professionals who consult with us on those questions. Cool. Yeah, that was like all the things that you just said, Nick, were so confusing to my brain. I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe people do that for a living. Like that was just so overwhelming. Um, but to that note, for someone, you know, who might be interested in in working with Down City Design or they're ultimately interested in doing some sort of, I mean, it feels like there's like a slight urban planning sort of aspect to Down City Design. It's community outreach, it's project management, it's building. It feels like there's a little bits and pieces of like all, all components. Um, so my question is, is like, is there a certain age for the, the youth that wants to get involved and how do they get involved? How did, did they find you? Do you find them? Yeah, so right now we've got programs for middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, we have our Down City Discovery program after school on Fridays for the younger kids. And then um, uh, older kids uh, come to us usually a couple times a week after school. Um, so Providence teens um, will, will come to the studio um, during the school year. And then in the summer months, we have a really wonderful partnership with Providence Career and Technical Academy. And um, they host our six-week intensive summer program. So we're able to work with about 75 local teens and they actually get um, stipends for their service learning oh, during wow. the summer. That's awesome. Very cool. I feel like even for me, because I know you said you started um, Down City Design in 2009. That's right around when I graduated from high school. And I was thinking back to like when I was a kid, you know, 
getting into the groove of like deciding what you want to be when you grow up or where you're going to go to college. And it feels like there wasn't any sort of uh, avenue for someone to do what you're doing. And it feels really cool that now there's a space for kids who might, one thing, you know, through the podcast that Nick and I have really gotten to learn, people who are entrepreneurs or who start foundations, like they're all about problem solving. It's almost like they're, that's their motivation is to problem solve, whether it's a very small basic problem, fit point A into point B, solve that problem. Or if it's like a bigger sort of systemic change, like problem solving is their core. And I feel like a lot of people, um, especially kids, you know, they're not really taught that in school, like that that's, you know, it's like, this is a math problem. Here's the answer. This is, you know, a history question. Here's the answer. There's never really that that sort of like, let's figure it out together, at least from when I was in school. So it feels really, um, it feels like really important that there's this space now. And I say now, I mean, it's been around since 2009, but I'm just learning about it now. Um, for kids who might not know what they want, but they know they want to be creative. They know they want to work on their problem solving, problem solving skills, get their kind of hands dirty with like the actual work, like getting to do it. And I feel like that's really unique in what you're doing. Um, have you found, because you've been doing this since 2009, you know, I'm sure there's kids that you've helped back then who now are doing design related things in their job. Have you had any experiences like that with, you know, past people you've worked with that are now utilizing these skills? Definitely, yes. And it's one of the things that we're proudest of. Um, in fact, we've been working on building really intentional pathways within the organization for kids who are interested in this work and want to teach others. Um, so right now, uh, all of our teaching assistants and um, a number of our design educators are, are alumni of our programs. And it's, awesome. it's been really beautiful to see them grow into those roles. Um, and I, I loved what you were just saying. I think one of our, our hopes is that even kids that aren't um, interested in pursuing design or construction careers, and we certainly do get a number of kids who want to be architects or designers or, or engineers, um, but we get a lot of kids who are still searching, not sure what they want to do. And our hope is that they'll take this same uh, core design process, design thinking, and apply it to um, whatever they choose to do in life. And, mm -hmm. and really that they see this as a process for creating community change and strengthening their communities. Yeah. And like you said, in the like sort of towards the beginning of the, the uh, conversation, like it gives them the power to, to, to make the decision, right? To be like, you know, I, I know how to problem solve. I feel like I have tools now to problem solve. I feel like I know a little bit about design. I know about community outreach. Like, again, to what I was saying before, like when I was growing up, I think I knew all of the adults in my family, like in my family and in like the uh, uh, similar families all had like very similar jobs. Mm. And it was not something, it was like, you're either going to like do this or do that. And it's, there's like not really anything in between. And it feels like even though Down City Design obviously has a mission, it feels like, like you were saying, even if someone comes in and they're not specifically interested in like designing of structures or, um, you know, project management, it gives them a space to like be creative and, and take the skills that you might not hear from like the people that you're around who are like in accounting or maybe are like, you know, work at an office that, you know, it, it just gives more like gray to figure out what you're interested in. It gives them the power to be like, oh, okay. Like, it I also, can... it feels to me like, um, because they have the ability, uh, it's a start to finish, um, problem solving at first, thinking around corners, um, having a goal and getting there. 
but then also being there to build it with their hands. Um, mm-hmm. There's a gap in uh, a bit of a skills gap. When I say a bit of it, I mean like millions of uh, empty jobs in the That's skills huge. skills market. Uh, but I feel like part of that is due to the fact that most schools have removed like wood and metal shop as even optional courses in high school where it used to be like a normal course to take. Mm. And people, a, a kid, a person in general may not even know that they like to build stuff with their hands now because they were never given the opportunity or kind of, for lack of a better word, forced to have to do it because then you realize, oh, this is the one class I actually enjoy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and it seems like you're kind of filling a little bit of that gap too, which is really nice. It's so true. Yeah. A lot of the kids that we work with really love to work with their hands and, and um, value that. Um, and it is empowering to work with power tools. It's, you know, to, to feel really confident with a, a saw or a drill. Um, you feel like suddenly, okay, I can create things for myself. I don't have to rely on you know, things that have already been made for me. Um, and, and that is a powerful feeling. Uh, and we're looking, um, uh, we're, we're getting ready to move into a brand new building on Cranston Street, which we're really excited about. We'll be starting a, a, a community design center there. So we're currently raising the, the funds and, um, and renovating that building. And we're excited because in that building, I think we'll be able to do even more to support young people towards um, design and fabrication careers, and we'll be uh, expanding to do more adult programming as well. And we do get a lot of requests from adults of all ages who are interested in working with their hands or interested in the design process or who want to serve their community in a similar way and, and just wish there was a program like this for them. So that's coming. And uh, it reminds me, and I, I've been trying to think of the name of the program. It's a very, I feel like everybody knows this name, uh, but it's like the project like i think it's like maybe greenpeace puts it on where you go and build homes for people what the heck is that oh, habitat for, humanity. Habitat yes, for humanity there is a local chapter of habitat and it's an awesome thing where people go and learn to use tools and build houses uh, affordable houses from scratch yes yeah kind of the the down city design program kind of feels reminiscent to that to me uh maybe not building homes but you know building uh, spaces the whole and... see a need fill a need uh and and work your way from beginning to end type of deal is is definitely and that service ethos right like how do you give back um how can you use the the skills and talents that you have and, and invest your energy in your in your community yeah there was um uh in reading your who to watch article there was a really interesting tidbit about um building garden spaces so um families from different cultures who have maybe native plants that they grow you know from the countries they're from have a space to like grow and nourish and and then those kids got to build those gardens and and families get to plant in them so what was that like uh process like how did that come about um that was just really i thought when i read that i was like this is so cool because you hear about um especially in cities sometimes it's hard to find like fresh ingredients and fresh produce and having a space where you know not only can you grow things but like the people in the community helped put that there like it's just so all-encompassing of like creating sustainable food and in an empowered community and a, a community support um so yeah how did that sort of come about that was a really beautiful project that's actually our most recent um completed project just from summer 2021 and um we had a, a number of young people working in our summer program they actually choose their community client and we were we were thrilled to um to be able to work with Providence Public Library, who just underwent a big renovation of their space. And 
I had no idea that they had an outdoor space um, in their their urban downtown location, but they have this little roof deck that they um, realized they wanted to open up for um, a kind of gardening program. And as you were saying, they, they wanted in particular to invite folks from immigrant and refugee communities to grow food from their native lands and share their own gardening techniques. And um, so they, they did invite our young people to design and build garden beds and, and benches and seating for that space. And it was really transformed in mm. such a short time, you know, just six weeks start to finish. Oh, um, wow. Young people went from learning about this challenge to, um, to cutting the ribbon. Um, and uh, and it's it was already uh, kind of put into action this fall. They've, they've already been growing in those garden beds, um, and it's been really uh, lovely to see. That's amazing. And I think too, um, and we've all kind of touched upon it. But like, it's I feel like especially in a when you're a kid, it's hard to see something come to full fruition with your like from start to finish in a big sort of way. Um, so I even to the point now where things are growing in the gardens that were built, like seeing it flourish, something that you worked on, seeing it then change over time in for good for your community is so cool. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and that's something we hear a lot from the young people in our programs that they that they feel really proud when they see the the work that they've created being used by um, by kids in the in the neighborhood, by adults. Um, definitely, just trying to make public spaces more joyful, more welcoming, yeah. more functional. And um, even like it feels I, good. I just thinking like there may be kids who are, live near the public library who had no interest in gardening before or had no interest in like learning like me for instance I have no idea how to garden um I saw someone garden in my neighborhood and I was like oh my god I don't think I could do it but I'm interested and I couldn't do it I killed all my tomatoes but <laughs> that's another story for another time but I feel like you know in a city you don't always get to see a, a lot of that stuff because you know it's a lot of road it's a lot of building having a space where you get to see people passionate about what they're growing and I know this is just talking about one hyper specific project that you worked on but it just goes to show how this one I'm going to say small in the scope of all the work you've done this one small project has changed I'm sure many lives which is like really cool to think about how each small undertaking or large undertaking just takes on a whole life of its own that's, you know, I don't know. It's so cool. Thanks. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I love that um, you, you pointed out how uh, with each project, young people are exposed to new places, new mm. ideas, even new resources in the community. So we've been really privileged to be able to um, work with some of our peer uh, nonprofits that serve young people like um, Youth in Action, Youth Pride, uh, New Urban Arts, um, Providence City Arts for Youth. And these are spaces that now our young people know are community resources that mm. they can um, that they can access, that they can use as they're um, on their journey. Mm. Do you have, um, as far as the projects go, do you have uh, individuals who stick around and do more than one project? Or is it typically new people for every, like new young people working on every project? Or is it kind of both a little of both yeah we definitely have regulars who um you know start with us freshman year and and just keep coming um till they graduate and beyond like i said we have a lot of um, educators within our programs now who have been working with down city design you know six seven eight years um uh, and then uh, we always have new folks who are interested and curious and, and find out about what we do and want to learn more mm. yeah it's, it's cool to me to have um because it seems like uh, the projects are so 
diverse in mm -hmm. what they cover or what the problem is that you're trying to solve or, you know, what the project is that if a uh, young person was involved, say from freshman year and they get four years of it and they'd work on however many different projects, you are learning something different on every project. If you're dealing with uh, planter boxes, which means you have to deal with something that's treated because there's water involved and maybe somebody wants to put in an irrigation system versus if you're dealing with a play place where you're worried about safety and mm. things like, like you're kind of, you're solving for different problems every time, which would be really useful for somebody to be able to kind of do multiple projects. It is different every time. Definitely. Yes. Different challenges come up and, um, while the process, the core process remains the same, um, uh, it, that's, I think, where it gets really interesting. You have to research different topics, get to know new places, new spaces. Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, we embrace challenges. So we, especially when you're building stuff with young people, there's a lot of challenges that are going to come <laughs> up day to day. And, yeah. um, and, and we like to kind of reframe those challenges and help young people reframe those challenges as opportunities and try to find, you know, what's the, um, what's the opportunity to learn here? Um, and how do we find our way like uh, uh, around or over or through this problem? Yeah, that's and I'm, I'm just I keep I know you have a heart out um, because and thank you so much for giving us your time. I want to talk forever. I have like eight more questions <laughs> I want to ask, but I know you only have a little bit more time left. So before we, you know, get kind of too tight, I just want to ask really quick what I know you already touched upon, you know, you guys are moving into a new space, but if there's anything coming in the new year that you're really excited about for yourself personally, for your team, for Down City Design, et cetera. That is what I'm most excited about, yes. This has <laughs> been a dream for a really long time to have our own building, um, to put down uh, you know, deep roots in the West End mm -hmm. and, um, uh, and to move into a building where we'll have more space um, to have an expanded workshop, to be able to serve more people, um, to to expand our programming to serve people of all ages. Uh, I'm also really excited that we're we're hoping to be able to um, uh, support emerging BIPOC designers who are interested in in starting their own practice. And we're we're looking into you know how can we help to kind of incubate those design firms and support young people on on that journey even beyond their um, their high school career. Um, and this space will give us um, an opportunity to do that as well and to bring community in in different ways. We can have film screenings, lectures, workshops. Um, so, uh, yeah, stay tuned. That will be exciting. <laughs> and um, uh, we're certainly looking for people to get involved in various ways and helping us achieve that vision. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully there are some listeners that are interested and, and want to roll up their sleeves and, and, uh, and pitch in. For anyone who's listening who don't like they want to get involved, what's the best way either through social media or through your website, if you don't mind just um, giving us, you know, the URLs or or the um, the handles. Handles. Thank you. Nick. Yeah, that's easy. Sure. We are um, we're on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and all all the social media channels. And our handle is um, at Down City Design. Mm. Uh, and we have our website is just www.downcitydesign.org. Um, oh, beautiful. And there, yeah. And there is a click. Um, there's a link to click to uh, to get involved or to support our programs, you know, financially or through volunteering. Mm. Um, we love to meet new people who are interested in in, um, in offering their, their time and their energy, their services. Mm. Uh, so we would love that. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I feel like as we were talking, I feel like Nick, like his ears just sort of like perked up when you said the thing about the adult, like bringing in adults. I'm like, I think I have your number one recruitment. <laughs> um, so because, you know, Nick always talks about, you know, building stuff and it's cool because I don't know if there's a lot of places that adults and or youth of different backgrounds can come for like a common cause and that causes to f- help a community center or a community area be better. So mm-hmm. like you were saying, like, you know, uh, doing something for your community, but also like, I feel like it's almost um, part of like the self, I feel like in in this like crazy COVID pandemic wildness, like self-care is really important. And like doing things like working with your hands and w- doing something like bigger than yourself, I mm-hmm. think is really important. And having an aspect of like a project, like leadership behind that, I think is like is good for anybody listening who's looking to do something different with their hands. If they've ever been interested in learning more about design, I mean, when else, where else can you get an opportunity like that? See, it seems like all encompassing. It's awesome. Uh, Thank you. And I agree. It feels really good to have meaningful work right now and to feel like you're, you're part of something that makes a difference that matters. So um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, And uh uh, we would be super excited to to have people, um, you know, who are interested in building. Nick, uh, uh, help us! <laughs> and I do want to just say I love this podcast studio that I know you helped build. Um, so Thanks. I see I see your skills at work. In, in the studio Nick, that you're this is an interview. Now. Yeah, right. Well, actually, uh, it's kind of a good segue into. I know you had said that um, uh, you you accept some help monetarily uh but then also people who volunteer what type of volunteer workers are you looking for is it just people with a certain skill set or job offering or do you just need people to be there and be involved and be able to help uh supervise or what are you looking for as far as volunteers just so people know if they're even eligible right yeah we we um have all kinds of people who come to us interested in helping um we we love it when uh designers um want to share their own path their journey um with young people who are interested in the design uh trades and um and that's an easy thing just to come and visit our programs and tell your story um or to come visit uh and give feedback in a design review to to you know to give um to encouragement and feedback to the young people as they're working on their designs um we're always also looking for paid design educators and teaching assistants for our programs um and with the building project we are also looking for um uh, skilled volunteers who can help us with, you know, specific, um, parts of the, of the build out of the new space. Mm, That's awesome. I think too, you had touched upon it earlier and I didn't, um, I, I didn't respond because I've been, I wanted, I I had like more important questions I wanted to ask because we had uh, not so much time. But, um, one thing that I think is really cool that you've mentioned a few times is like the feedback portion of this space. And I feel like a lot of kids growing up, Um, whether they're in high school or middle school or even in college, sometimes it's hard to get like constructive feedback. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like a grade, like it's an A or it's an F. And there's none of that sort of like, can we discuss improvement? Like I feel feel like having a generation that understands how important feedback is, whether it's super negative, super positive, as long as it's constructive and as long as you're open to receiving it, I feel like that's really important. I feel like a lot of people don't, I think a lot of people learn that skill on their own, but it feels mm-hmm. like you're giving people the opportunity to learn it like with you guys, which is cool. 
yeah, that's a, that is a skill. And, and we practice that a lot, giving and receiving um, feedback. How do you do that gracefully and, mm -hmm. and constructively, as you said, and, you know, it goes along with, I think, one of the other essential skills that we're working on in our programs, which is collaboration. And that's so critical to really any, any kind of work in this world. How do you work well with other people, bring your own skills and strengths, but also, um, yeah, make room for other people's skills and strengths to shine. Mm. How do you how do you compromise and come to consensus? Um, uh, and we're for sure working on communication skills as well, including self advocacy. And um, but how do you uh, present your ideas in ways that are going to attract other people and and get their buy in and interest? Mm. Um, yeah, as somebody uh, who did go to school for uh, in a design program, uh, I, you know, I don't, I obviously haven't been involved in other uh, educational programs. I didn't go to school for business. I went to school for design. Uh, but uh, the thing that I've found about pretty much any type of design program is there is a lot of emphasis on um, criticism and feedback mm -hmm. and making changes. One, because it helps you uh, expand your palette a little bit as to like what you can't get so pigeonholed into your own favorite kind of design that none of it is appealing to other people. And also because most of your work as a designer is dealing with, you are trying to help somebody else uh, bring their vision to life. You're not bringing your vision to life and somebody's paying you for it most mm. of the time. <laughs> so. That's right. You have to learn to work well with a client and to, to understand what they're looking for. And you're right. It's less about you, though. Every designer certainly brings their own personality and, mm -hmm. and um, aesthetic to their projects. But um, at the end of the day, it's true. You have to practice a lot of empathy and, and understand mm. um uh, what your client or your end user um, is looking for and how to how to help them get there. Yeah, they make that part of the design stuff when anybody photography or design classes uh, where you had projects and you stood in front of or you had your stuff up on the board in front of 30 people and everybody gave you feedback. And mm. uh, part of it was for them, the teacher to help the people giving the feedback get better at doing that. But part of it was for you to realize that like nobody's attacking you. Mm. They're just giving you their opinion on the thing you did. And you have to be able to kind of have that collectivist opinion where you're trying to make something for either one individual that's not yourself or for the masses. And it needs to work for as many people as possible. So mm. that kind of process is super important. And I think it's really important in most jobs, but I don't think a lot of other um, fields, fields yeah, yeah, educational fields uh, put as much emphasis on it as design fields do. Mm. Yeah, and when you are, uh, you know, when you're in a position where you can accept or give feedback in a meaningful way, your project is going to be way better. That's right. It does really strengthen your project to mm -hmm. be able to um, both like present it and defend the ideas that are essential to you, but also to make room for that um, that strengthening of the project um, mm -hmm. through positive feedback. Um, yeah, I, yes. mean, I do it with the people I work with all the time. Uh, <laughs> if I have a if I have a design and somebody says, "Oh, what if you change this?" and most of the time my response is, "Why?" Yeah, like uh -huh. maybe you're right, but like if it's really only very valuable feedback if you have reasoning to back up why you think that should change. Is it going to make it more effective? Is it going to mm. get a point across? Is there something clashing? Like justify your opinion and then we can move forward with it but if you can't justify it then how strong do you actually feel about it mm. i kind of we do that a lot too and it's important for everybody to do i think yeah and to That's just right. know your opinions and and also have the the fa the power to like be like this is my opinion and this is why i feel that way yep. and then work from there um 
again, we love tangents, and that was a feedback tangent. It was a good one. It was a good one. Feedback. <laughs> um, I just checked my clock, and I know you have a heart out, so I don't want to um, take up any more of your time if you have to um, get going, because I know you're so busy, which is amazing. You're doing such good, amazing things. So I don't want to take up your time for doing more cool things, um, but- Thank you so much for being here with us. Um, I can't wait to get to meet you in person in a few months when we have our rescheduled honorary party. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a real pleasure. And, and thanks for diving into Down City Design a little bit more for someone who felt, you know, I've not, I'm not in the design field. So like for me, all of it kind of is so foreign to me. So thanks for taking that time and, and diving into it. Yeah, and also, uh, just really quick to round the whole thing off, uh, I know we already went over this, but the best way for something to stick in somebody's mind is for it to be the last thing they hear. Uh, <laughs> so if anybody is interested, if they want to uh, donate their time, if they want to keep up with you, uh, one more time, what are your handles and what is your website? Sure, it's at Down City Design, and um, the website is www.downcitydesign.org. And um, yes, I, I look forward to continuing the conversation uh, with you both and, and anyone out there who's listening who's interested in getting involved. Um, please reach out. Yay. Thank you so much. Thanks so no, much, Adrian. Thank this you. is wonderful. This is I can't wait to see more things and see what 22 has in store for everyone, but especially you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both so much for, for making space for this. Um, I'm really honored to be to be part of this amazing group of people and um, really, really glad to be able to uh, to get to know you both better as well. Yay. Great. Thank you we're so honored much. To have you. I hope you have a great day and a good weekend. We're almost at the weekend now. Yeah, we're almost at the weekend. Uh, and, you know, for our listeners, thank you for listening. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you.